Hey everyone, I'm Chris and welcome to EnterVR's VR101 UX series. Today I'm speaking with Martin, Martin de, de Ronde or de Ronde. How do you pronounce your name, sir? De Ronde. De Ronde. It's, it's fine. De Ronde. Yes. Well, well Martin uh, is, I'm, I'm honored that you're here uh, uh, speaking with me. You're from Fourfield XR and today we're going to cover the UX behind uh, one of the most profound virtual reality experiences that I have ever, ever encountered. And this is the Anne Frank House uh, VR experience available on Oculus Quest, Oculus. And is it also on Steam? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure if I can recall if it was on Steam. I tried it on, on the Quest. No, it's it's on it's on uh, on Go and on Quest. Okay. Um, and on Rift. Yeah, so all three of the Oculus uh, platforms. And it's free uh, till this point, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and that was a very conscious decision. I, you know, so speaking of that, I mean, it, so much of what you had to create had to be conscious. Like it, it's, it's definitely one of those, because it, you know, I'll, and I'll relate to what I experienced. It was when I finished, before I even, you know, uh, talk, be, before I began talking about it, I'm, I don't know if you've become aware, but the Washington Post recently put out an article saying that 66% of American millennials don't know uh, what Auschwitz is, don't know about uh, the 6 million people that were um, exterminated by the Nazis. It's, it's, it was, and I had to think a little bit about that because I, I went to high school in San Francisco and you meant. A lot of people imagine San Francisco to be this liberal bastion. But funny enough, the history classes, you know, that I took in high school, um, and mind you, this was a, like at an urban high school. It was like, you know, uh, like uh, a lot of the subjects that were covered involved sort of the military uh, might of the U.S. and the tactics involved and sort of like, and and it was and it was weird because it, again it it wasn't until I went to college that I learned deeply about the Holocaust and it wasn't until honestly I feel a little bit ashamed to admit this but I it wasn't until I tried the Anne Frank House where I really became deeply um, educated about Anne Frank's experience I I've I've heard of of her name in passing but it wasn't until I tried her experience and so when I put on the quest that day about a year ago and i i went into it without with zero expectations zero inhibitions nothing you know i just i was just like well we'll see what this is about and an hour and a half later i took off my headset weeping crying because i've become so attached to this human being and this beautiful mind full of hope feel full of wonder full of you know such so much humanity um, that immediately, I mean, I just, there was something about it that I, I could relate to and, um, it moved me to action. I remember donating to like, uh, like a hundred, some, some, a lot, a bunch of money to like this, um, organization, um, that is dealing with, uh, human rights abuses. Um, and nothing in VR has ever done that for me. Nothing has moved me to action like that. Um, and so I just have a lot of questions regarding sort of the behind the scenes you know design and ux experience mentality uh, that went into it and um what i want to start with is uh 
how did you how did you create this experience because a lot of um vr designers developers because of vr's novelty might have this temptation and i feel it when i prototype i have this temptation to like overindulge in particles and effects and and really you try to wow my audience but with and frank's house you you guys really i felt like it wasn't about the novelty of vr it was more about the substance in the story and so how did you like how did you mm. walk that line how did you how were you able to decide you know how to keep the substance uh at the forefront of the experience um, sure, and, and and first of all, let me let me let me say thanks for the for the praise you heaped upon the experience, and and it's great to hear these stories coming from uh, from from users, uh, effectively, uh, who who all say that they, that the Anne Frank House experience is such a profound experience uh, in 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 VR, um, and and I'm also glad that you exactly describe it in a way that we set as a as a goal for when we started to create this experience. This is exactly the feeling, the emotion that we wanted to achieve uh, from an educational point of view, from an emotional point of view. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that you know, you've, you've experienced it almost in the exact same way that we intended it. Um, coming back to, to your, your question about how we set about uh, and how we created this experience and, and walked the fine line, uh, I think that the the most important thing is to point out with regards to the creation of the experience is that it was a partnership between ourselves and obviously the Anne Frank House. Um, and they, they're almost like the, uh, the guardians uh, of her, her legacy. Um, and they obviously were instrumental in ensuring that we stayed on that uh, very th that we managed to 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 walk that that tightrope uh, balancing act uh, in a, in a perfect manner. They whenever we were almost going for too emotional an impact, they they reeled us in a little bit, and uh, I think that was instrumental in making sure that from treating the subject matter with uh, with the, the respect it deserves. Uh, um, we were able to um, to create the experience as it, as it stands. So that is, that is the I think the, the the number one departure point. The second thing that we um, felt was most important. This was this was an, an, a title that we created. We're 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 as I ex explained to you that we're a a, um, a a VR specialist, but that means that we tackle a lot of different um, genres. We've created games, we've created experiences, we've created location-based VR uh, uh, experiences. So it's a whole range of different uh, experiences that we, we've been working on. And um, this one in particular was very firmly coming from an educational point of view. How were we going to achieve exactly what you just described? How were we going to be able to take a new generation of people and explain to them the story of Anne Frank? And, and this was obviously an amazing opportunity. But at the same time, we also wanted to make sure that everyone beyond that uh, was also able to experience it. And that means we had to design the experience around 13-year-olds as well as potentially 90-plus-year-olds, um, um, potentially even Holocaust survivors, because... The people that would visit the Anne Frank House would 
be given the opportunity to try out the actual VR experience at the museum. And you have to understand that the actual VR, uh, the actual uh, and Frank House is, um, it's very small and a cramped space, and it's not suited for everyone to take the experience. There's a lot of staircases there. So uh, as a result, sometimes these people um, arrive at the museum and they cannot take the actual tour. So they stay inside the museum area and that's where they can take the VR experience. So for us, it was crucial that we would have to create a VR experience that would not overwhelm um, people, that would not uh, indeed indulge in all of these fantastic effects that you have so much at your disposal as a VR developer. Um, the touch controllers um, that you can start playing around with, but you also have to understand that if you're indeed uh, an, a known VR user and you're being given a VR headset for the very first time and you want to experience the Anne Frank House experience VR, that you, you, if somebody hands you a touch controller, you're probably going to look like as if you know you've just uh, it's. It's it's a it's a it's a device that people don't understand how it works. So we were very um, cautious to make sure that the experience was as simple to get into as possible, and it wouldn't overwhelm you. So that's that's I think where that um, underindulgence comes from. Yeah, and it makes sense. It, um, I'm wondering, just to follow up more on, on on what you're saying, is were there any points in which you've um, you wanted to incorporate a user interaction, and when you on paper and it's it made it seemed like it would make sense, but then you would implement it or you test it out, and then you realize no, 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 this isn't going to work. Were there any of those examples out there? Yeah, I think there was a. There's a very clear example, um, which almost appeared right at the start, um, where we said, okay, we want we want users to be able to obviously uh, teleport around. And when we started developing this title, we were, I think, two years into the, the VR, uh, uh, the world of VR, two or three years. And by that time, there was already quite a few conventions where pressing uh, uh, the stick on your touch controller would actually lead to that you know, famous uh, arc uh, that you could then uh, swivel around the room and then you release the stick and then you're there. That, for us, was a no-go right there from the start because um, people don't, people, as I said, new, new users to VR, they don't even know how to locate the stick, mm. uh, let alone how to use it. It's not a very... Uh, accessible way of moving around. We also know that moving around with the stick in terms of free mo free locomotion is not very comfortable. So we had to start looking for a, we almost had to break the conventions that we'd been building up as a community, as a VR development community over the past two or three years. We had to break them because we had to basically reinvent it for or indeed um, people that have never used a VR headset before, because these are the kind of people that, that take these experiences if we were developing some kind of hardcore game no problem you know that your users are already accustomed to that but this was going to this was different it was crucial for us that everybody could take the experience uh, without a tutorial without having to understand the the notion of uh, of vr touch controllers yeah that yeah absolutely um i want to keep going with questions um so uh, Again, you mentioned something about uh, you being very conscious about what 
went into the design of the experience. And I'm curious to know, um, so why not show uh, not just the house, but also perhaps the camps where Anne and her family were imprisoned? Do you, was there, what sort of, um, tell me more about that, the thought process of like, do you, you know, was there perhaps debate at the office where like, well, if we show the camps, it'll be, you know, five times, ten times more impactful um, than if we just show the house. Uh, walk me through that thought process or, you know, that question. Well, that, that again was uh, an ongoing discussion uh, at the start um, between ourselves and, and the people from the Anne Frank house, where the vision was to create, to to take you on a journey through, uh, through the secret annex. That was the original uh, statement. And of course, we could have at the end of the experience said, for dramatic effect, let's immerse people into the um, atrocities uh, of, of the camps. Um, but the, it was very clear to us that that was not part of the story that we wanted to tell. It was a story about the secret annex. And it was clear from our collaboration with uh, with the Anne Frank House uh, that that's that's exactly the kind of dramatic effect that they weren't looking for. Mm. This is this this is the story we're telling. Their house, uh, the, the their the Anne Frank House uh, experience, the, the physical one, obviously has the the secret annex that you can visit, um, and then at the end you arrive at the exhibition and that they obviously show the um, the pictures of the camps and they tell the story of what happened in the camp. So you get the initial experience of look, seeing where the people were hiding during the war and then you get to see what happened to them after um, they were um, they were taken prisoner. So I think it's it's important uh, it was important for us, to stick to that original vision, we wanted to tell, tell the story of the of the secret annex. And I think even if we'd gone for the dramatic uh, effect, um, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, Anne Frank House would have actually reeled us in again. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm I'm also not sure if it would have uh, if if we would have been able to make that work. The 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 gut punch that you get at the end of the experience when you're in the in in the attic. And you see that last uh, uh, quote, and it's all hopeful, and it's thinking of freedom and of the future. And then the ending sequence kicks in. That's, I think that that's already, as as you mentioned, I've, I've had so many people come up to uh, to me and said, you know, that that was one of the first VR experiences that had me break down in tears. So apparently that's already strong enough. Imagine if we would have gone the next step, I think it would have been too much already. So hmm. uh, we stuck to our, our vision and that was very much a journey through the house. And you also have to uh, understand that's that was part of the original vision that if you visit the Anne Frank house today, it's completely empty. So when the uh, people in the group in hiding was discovered and they were taken away, the Germans actually ransacked the entire house um, so when Otto Frank, the sole survivor, uh, came back after the war uh, and he found that desolate empty place, he made a very conscious decision to keep the Anne Frank house, which would, la would later become the Anne Frank house, 
in its original state. So the state in which he actually found it to be. He wanted that desolation, that emptiness to come across to everybody that would visit the place from there on. So if you go to the, um, the house today, it's empty. The walls are there, um, the pictures on the walls are there, but the ex- there's no furniture, nothing. So our mission was to actually bring the Anne Frank House alive in terms of making a faithful recreation of what it probably would have looked like during the war so that people could get an understanding of what that group had gone through and where they lived and how they lived. And we had to do that via the quotes from the diary and obviously by, by recreating that uh, environment in, uh, in, uh, in 3D so that it really uh, came to life. So that was our, our focus um, because that's something you don't get when you visit the actual entrance. Yeah, totally understandable. And, and still to this day, for me, like it's a, so it's such so ex, it's extremely powerful. I mean, it's just. Um, but I want to keep going with um, um, the way you were able to humanize, and it felt like um, it felt like I knew her personally. It felt like I befriended her. It felt like I was sharing that journey in there along her, along with her and her family. And um, and I'm curious to know if, you know, um, how how were you able to do that? Like, is there a blueprint for how to humanize, you know, these these stories, these, these characters, these this real life human being in VR? Like, you know, I don't think any anything has ever humanized the story of another human being for me in VR as well as you guys did. So, so what's, what's the formula? What's the blueprint? What, what did that look like? Well, I think the, the, the formula first and foremost is her story that I think she has, she has by writing that diary um, become obviously a symbol of what happened um, those atrocities that happened during the war. She became the, after the war, her book turned a story that is almost beyond comprehension into a story where, where what people can at least relate to. It's, it's just obviously almost impossible to understand what happened uh, to the six million people uh, during the war. But at the same time, her story at least made it possible for people to, to connect to uh, to the Holocaust. And we took her story as a departure point. We went through her entire diary. And there's obviously some really powerful quotes in there that to this day still get quoted by, uh, by, by many people. But at the same time, there's powerful quotes in there that also directly tell a story in a single sentence almost. And what we basically did, we, we worked extensively. And again, this is where the people from the Anne Frank House uh, uh, come in as well. They they provided us obviously with a wealth of information. They pointed us in the right direction and said, these, these are all the quotes that we feel um, uh, uh, tell an amazing story. And then we had all these different rooms where we would wanted to take the users on a journey through the annex and not only on a journey through the annex as a, as a physical location like hey here this is the bathroom this is the bedroom and this is where um where the attic is and where they had their supplies and stuff no we wanted to take them on a journey through the location but also a journey through time and also a journey through all her emotions and, and we only could use 
approximately 20 to 25 quotes for that because um, uh, for copyright reasons, you cannot uh, uh, quote uh, in an unlimited uh, way uh, from uh, from the diary. So we only we were able to take 21 quotes as a maximum. Um, and with that, we had to forge our story. And then I come back to the diary because it's such a yeah such a powerfully written book that uh, um, that made it possible to tell that that human story. So we took those quotes um, and started piecing it together, almost like a three-dimensional puzzle. Because when you're in the um, Frank family room. Um, you have the growth marks on the wall, and that's where we were started started to look for. It's an extremely sad story, of course, that you see these growth marks on the wall. It's, it's what many parents do um, with when their children are growing up. Every year or every few months during their uh, uh, w- when they're children, they start putting growth marks on the wall or measure them. And then in this room, the growth marks only go so far. And that's such a, uh, such a moving and emotional and, and sad realization when you see the growth marks of the two sisters only go up until a certain uh, height that's a story we wanted to tell so we were looking for a quote that would tell that story where we had our location and we also had our moment in time fixed to that particular location and then we went through all the objects and all the different locations in the house and looked for Anne's story to tell where could we tell her story that actually it was linked to a specific object and linked to a specific location. And then obviously we had to make sure that as you went through the rooms, from, from room to room, it would also still be a somewhat linear story. And, uh, and again, it's all thanks to the, the powerful writing of Anne herself that I think we were able to pull it off. Um, so much of the way VR is marketed today is um, trying to convey the message that here's this magical thing that you put on, that you strap to your head, and you're going to escape from the world. You're going to be uh, augmented with magical powers to become whatever you want and do whatever you want. And um, I I feel like you guys were able to um, ring that back a little bit and really demonstrate what VR's potential can really be, not just as a tool for escape, which is it's great at, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's also a mirror. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a mirror to our own humanity. Um, and one of the things that I'm struggling with is, for example, like I used to work um, as a teenager, I used to work at Alcatraz Island and I, and I used to give tour guides and I used to be able to, and I, I used to be the guy that like, I would show, um, all the tourists how to sell doors worked and I would be, I would work them. They're like 1932. Um, they're still like, and it's funny because like Alcatraz is one of those places where I've been there. I've, I've slept there. I've like, I've hung out with people, spent summers there and I can go back there over and over and over again. Um, but it's hard to try to, I don't know what it is about Anne Frank's experience where it's, it's a lot harder to, I don't know, to, to, to want to go back because it's just so, so painful, so difficult to like, um, uh, to go back to and explore. And, and, and I don't know what it is. It's, and it's, it's a testament to how powerful it is, but it's also, um, I'm sure, is a challenge for you and the team 
when so much of VR is, you know, it's so much of VR, the way it's marketed, it's, it's convey it's, you know, the people are trying to, they're telling you to go escape, go play Beat Saber. Again, nothing wrong with that, but like, you know, mm-hmm. what's your thought process into this? Like, how do you, how do you, um, how do you get more people excited about an experience that's, you know, I is is if you're, I mean, if you're a human being, is going to make you sad. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, tell me more about what you think about this. Well, I, I think it's an interesting point. It's it's the uh, for us, it was very important at the the the, the start of uh, of the project that we would be able to um, to convey the. the the sadness of, of the story. That at the same time, we also had to educate. Uh, uh, our, our goal is to educate. It's an educational, uh, emotional experience for 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 one of a better name. And I think when you want to, um, when you start to educate, the 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 main risk of education is is boredom. If you start throwing facts and figures and 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 numbers and and lots of information at people, they they can either they they get uh, distracted or they're overwhelmed, or they only pick up a few bits and pieces. So we wanted to make sure that we marry the the educational message and really focus on that and build our experience around it. And that means no distractions. So let's not come up with all these kind of glitzy and glamorous VR things that we can do. Um, uh, yes, we wanted people to be able to pick up objects. That was a very important thing. I wanted, uh, I said to the team from the start, I want the, the user to be able to pick up objects because that's the only connection they're going to be able to make. As a, it's almost like a physical connection that you make with Anne's world. So that was a, a, a very important thing for that to be in there. At the same time, we could have gone and, and and allow people to pick up everything. We could have said, look, in every room, we're going to have 20 or 40 objects that you can pick up. And then what happens is that people, when the message comes across, which is the, the quote, they might be distracted because they're looking at something else. Oh, I can use this touch controller to pick up objects. That's not what we wanted to do. So keep it simple, keep it focused, and very much focus on the the, the vision that we had, which is tell and story, allow allow the user to really connect with Anne through her voice, through her quotes. This was her world. This was the world where she spent the last years of her life in, and we really wanted to get that across. And VR is, yes, it can take you to different places, and that's effectively what we're doing with the um, with the Anne Frank House experience. But what it can also do is really make something that you think you know or you think you can imagine what it's like really really come very much to life and come very close to you and, and that's what we um uh i think have achieved by by keeping it small mm. and focusing on a few things mm. you know i i guess what what i what i was struggling with is uh trying to um convey is that i my the, coming back from the Anne frank experience and going back to work the next day i wanted to share this with my coworkers. And no one wanted to try it. Um, and that made me sad because <laughs> I wanted more people to put on the headset and, and, and try it. But I'm not going to force you. If you don't want to put it on, I, I can't force you. But it was, but it made me sad that no one wanted to try it because, um, 
perhaps because I feel like maybe 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 I should have hid how much it affected me, <laughs> you know? Because maybe because they saw me and they're like, oh well, I don't know if I want to end up like Chris. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but to this day, yeah, that's one of those things that makes me a bit sad. I wish I would have been a better at, you know, sharing it with others. I don't know. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's obviously, uh, it's, uh, it's not, necess- it's, it's obviously not a, um, um, a joyful experience in any way, but I've heard stories from people who've, who've tried it that actually weren't feeling um, happy in their lives at all, but when they tried the experience, it actually, despite the sadness of the story, actually made them realize how important it is to appreciate um, the world we live in uh, uh, and also be careful of uh, the world we live in uh, right now and, and where it potentially is going. So for some people, it it does give some people energy, and it uh, and it, it's it's a sad story that that tells you and teaches you something, but at the same time, it's a sad story that also um, can help you yeah overcome today's problems. And that's I think also the message that Otto and and Anne um, uh, want to to share through the diary is is let's let's take a learning from this let's understand each other better um throughout the world um because otto frank when he set up the Anne frank house he really wanted it to be a meeting place for all kinds of different people uh, to take away misunderstandings between uh between people from different countries uh, and, and different religions so that it would never happen again and that's where yeah we kind of landed there in the middle uh with the vr experience and and we wanted it to be universally relatable and universally applicable for for everyone that would want to try it it was definitely relatable i don't regret a single second i spent there um and i although painful it was more valuable uh i took more value from it than than i could have you know than the pain than than the pain i felt felt and and the fact that i felt that pain made me realize that oh man i'm it, it just made me feel more human, more connected to this human being. And, um, and you talked to just a second about sort of the, the relatableness because it is universally relatable, um, just the way you're able to humanize Aunt Frank's story. Um, I wonder if, you've, if it's ever crossed your mind um, that perhaps the wrong kind of people, and maybe I'm using the, the wrong, the quote-unquote wrong, the wrong way, um, might be but might get might find her story relatable. Um, for example, the other day I saw, uh, without getting too political, but I saw a, a headline of like, oh, um, Noor bin Laden, uh, Osama bin Laden's niece, it finds it more difficult to be a Trump supporter than it is to have her uncle's last name, and and in that sort of sense, it's like um, the way I felt empowered to try to like help people who are genuinely being persecuted and being dehumanized um could it could this also be used as a tool by the people doing the persecution to feel as they're the ones being victimized as they're the ones who are who should feel you know like they should spring into action like i'm wondering if that's ever crossed your mind or perhaps i'm i'm overthinking things what do you think 
Well, I, 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 uh, I definitely feel that there's lots of different ways you can look at this um, uh, experience. And I'm, I'm sure different people with different points of view will take different things away from it. Um, but the, and what, I always, what I always hope is that, <laughs> that um, sometimes the, the, the sadness that sometimes crosses my mind when I, I think of the VR experience, but in general, her message is that the people that really pick up on it, like yourself and all the other people that have used it and have placed all of these, these uh, extremely positive comments on, on the, on the uh, storefronts, uh, about how uh, oh, yeah, what a, what an amazing experience it is and how impactful it is. I always tend to think that those people already have the right mindset, <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm I'm almost wanting to to show to somebody who has indeed, for want of a better word, the wrong mindset who uses the experience and then goes like. Oh my God, this has really changed my perspective on this matter because I always dismissed it or looked at it from a completely different point of view. And obviously, difficult to tell whether those people out there have been touched by the experience in such a way that it has fundamentally changed the way they looked at this and has, or has fundamentally changed the way they look at the world today in a black and white matter or in a yes, no matter. Um, but that's that's always what, what has me hopeful and a little bit cynical at the same time um, um, but yeah we've done our best to try and create an experience that is very faithful to her legacy um, and I think really tells her story in a way no other medium can absolutely what lessons would you share with asp aspiring creators who want to leverage VR for education um, you know, based on what you've experienced, based on what you've learned, um, is, are there any like, you know, top five things you've learned or maybe there's not a list, but just wondering what uh, what kind of lessons you perhaps want to impart with with people who want to create these kinds of these kinds of experiences? Well, we've we've worked on on the Frank House VR experience. Of course, we've also uh, created the uh, Net Geo Explore VR uh, travel experiences, which are also partially educational. That, that was one with the and kayak, right? The You're kayaking through the icebergs. Yes, yeah, oh, the kayaking. That was one. Yeah. I love that one. Sorry, but that's an awesome one too. <laughs> and we we actually uh, we actually uh, also did the Machu Picchu uh, experience. So it was both the Antarctica as well as the Machu Picchu experience. And the Machu Picchu one is is fairly educational in a way. Um, and it's the same with with and Frank. What we what I could what what I would advise educational or educational VR experience creators is to really um, focus on the message, the singular message that you want to get across. Don't try and drop this list of all these different educational aspects that you want to get across to your users, um, but make sure that there's one singular takeaway sentence almost that they take away from the experience and focus on that focus on delivering that um, because as i said the 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 risk of educational content is, is that you overwhelm or you start to lose people's uh, attention and that's the last thing you want and emotion is a very strong and powerful mechanism to tell an educational uh, message because it sticks with you much more so try and see if you can find the combination there 
and don't get distracted by all of the glitzy uh, high-tech um, wizardry you can do in VR um, and run the risk of alienating some of your audiences because they're overwhelmed by what they can do. Yeah, um, this I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave, well I think we're gonna start bringing the things down to a close. I just one last question um, because you just brought up the word emotion and um, when you th- when you think about the designing for emotion, um, what are some do's and don'ts um, in terms of making sure that you are um, perhaps straddling that straddling that fine line between giving people something impactful but also not scaring the hell out of them or you know just or mm. maybe you do want to scare them i don't know climate change is a big deal maybe people need a little fire on their ass but again i'm not sure what you think again what what are your sort of do's and don'ts in terms of you know designing to invoke emotion in in virtual reality well, again, I think it comes down to your your mission statement or vision statement is once you have identified um, the message that you want to deliver or the singular vision that you have and you want to combine it with a set of emotions, make sure that the set is also not like five, six. You can't, you can't make people cry and laugh and be amazed and then and uh, everything in between in the space of one experience. So really focus on one or two sets of emotions that are really close to each other. And that's the one that you then want to go for. And also don't go overboard on those emotions. Mm. Emotions usually, emotions are part of the user. And you can try and do your best to actually create those. But it's up to the user to experience it as such. So the harder you try the more likely it is to is to fail. Um, so my advice would always to be uh, subtle about those uh, things where needed um, um, when you've decided that that is the way to go. And uh, and yeah, that's 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 I think uh, what we've tried to do with the Anne Frank House VR experience is to really you know walk that fine line between don't don't rub it in. Um, but also, don't sh- don't turn it into a factual tour of the house, saying, "Hey, this is the kitchen. This is where they prepare their food," and be very neutral about it, and let people figure out themselves how, what a what a dreadful and and and, and it 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 was for that uh, that group of people that was in hiding. Yeah, and that and um, yeah, and finding the balance is difficult, but it's it's uh, yeah, it's um, it's exploration. Absolutely. And in walking that fine line, you and your team um, passed with flying collars. I can't commend you enough. Um, I can't I can't imagine how difficult it must have been for you and your team to get to, you know, really um, dive deep into her story. But I'm sure it was also empowering because you were actually putting out something super valuable out there. Um, for for people to experience and witness. Um, Martin, I am so honored and I'm so glad you were able to jump on the show. I um, thank you so much again. We we've you've 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 uh, you've jumped through all the loopholes of VR chat to get on here. How can people stay in touch? How can people follow your, what you're doing and all that good stuff? Well, definitely. Uh, you know, as I said, uh, thanks for having us, and 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 really appreciate the uh, the kind words uh, for for the, the product that we created. It was very empowering. It was um, uh, it was something that that really made us proud. Specifically, the 
the, the the comments from 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 users so we've been uh, yeah we've been uh, very happy with the way the results turn out um, if people want to stay in touch they should go and, and check out our website uh, or our social media accounts and just like you found us people can find us if they want to have uh, and talk more about uh, educational experience and frank house vr for any of the products we've we've made and, and created in VR, we're we're you know we're now a seasoned veteran VR developer, so we'll be here for a while, and uh, we're thoroughly enjoying creating beautiful, mesmerizing, amazing experiences in games. And uh, yeah, if people want to connect, uh, then we're always happy to talk. Uh, amazing. Uh, well, that was it for today's show. Thank you everyone for tuning in. I'm Chris, and this is Martin from Four Fields XR. Please check out Anne Frank House and Nat-, Nat Geo Experience and the Machu Picchu Experience. They're absolutely amazing. And I'll see you, everyone, in the metaverse. See you guys. Bye. <laughs>